Life is full of challenges. With an unpredictable economy and just as surprising life changes, you need to be prepared to weather any storm. Elder Law and Estate Planning Attorney Kevin Tharp and Financial Advisor Gary Anderson are available to help you with life's difficult decisions. This is Truth in Planning. The four D's of retirement investment strategies. I'm Gary Anderson, Financial Advisor, Anderson Advisors. And I'm Kevin Tharp, Elder Law and Estate Planning Attorney. Kevin, as we all know, this is nothing new. This is something we've been experiencing for quite a while since the COVID pandemic of, of 2020. Uh, we've seen a lot of things change. And I know because I hear it in conversations all the time with people. And it really affects every single part of our lives. Maybe you're just going to get a fast food hamburger. Maybe you're taking your clothes to the laundry. Whatever it is, things have changed. So a lot of it has to do with service, naturally, because um, we got so used to people working from home and working remotely over the, during that the pandemic that that's extended even through now, through the, through the present time. So we see a lot of different changes in service level. I would say, for the most part, most of that's not a good change. We've seen a lot of things that have happened that we wish we were doing them back the other way before, like we did before 2020. But something we all have experienced during this time period, the inflation that we've seen over the past year or so, the last couple of years. We see inflation starting to taper off now. There's no guarantee that we might see another round of it. It really depends on what's ha- what happens um, politically, what happens government-wise as far as policy goes, anything else. So we don't know if we're even done with that. But then we saw volatility in the markets like like we've never seen before in such a short period of time. Um, one, day, one day comes to mind here, and uh, that's Friday the 13th of March, 2020. Friday the 13th of 2020. What day was that? Well, let's say that this is the day that you decided to retire. Let's say we have a guy named Frank, and he decides he's going to retire on March 13th of 2020. Now, for the last 20 to 30 years, Frank has been accumulating a nice nest egg of money in his 401k. This is his for his retirement. So now the last day of his job is March 13th of 2020. What's so significant about that? Well, Frank, who let's say has put has a million dollars or more invested in his 401k, he's ready to retire and use those funds for extra income, for the things he wants to do. Well, he spends all weekend planning what he's going to do for the next week, his first week of retirement. But instead of going out and drinking a cup of coffee on the porch and reading the paper on Monday the 20th, I mean Monday the the 16th of March of 2020, then what's he going to be thinking about? All he could think about then was what was happening to his 401k. How significant the damage to his 401k would be because we know on the 16th of March, Monday the 16th of March of 2020, the market went down by a record 13% in one day. The Dow dropped almost 3,000 points in one single day. And it wasn't over then. By March 23rd, just a few days after Frank retired, 
the market was down by 34%. The Dow Jones was down by 34%. So Frank is sitting there with potentially over a million dollars worth of 401k by the end of that time period, just in a week or so. Now Frank is experiencing maybe his in, his 401k, if it's invested in the market, invested in mutual funds, things like that. The 401k is now down to potentially $700,000, Kevin. seven hundred wow. from a million to 700000 Frank's got to be rethinking that retirement now, but oh, wait, he's already retired. Now he's stuck with whatever happens to this thing, whatever happens to his 401k, whatever the mar- whatever happens in the markets. Let's say he decided to get out of the market right then, cash out, and just hold on to his $700,000. That would have been the worst decision he would have made. Because we know, in retrospect, even though you didn't know know then, in retrospect, by the end of 2021, the markets had reached an all-time high. So all the losses that he incurred, the unrealized losses potentially he incurred, it all came back and more by the end of 2021. So if he'd gotten out of the market back when the value had gone down so badly in his 401k, he'd have lost out on the opportunity to have it recover and make more money for him, even have it be even be worth more. Now, that wasn't really the end of it, because since then, we've seen a lot of volatility in the market. We've seen a lot of, of market cha- changes going on, and we saw the market drop pretty significantly again. Now it's fought its way back not to where it was at the end of 2021, but it's gotten closer. So we know that, that this is what's going on. The problem is, if you're retired or you're close to retirement, how do you have your money invested? How, what is the best way to have your money invested so you don't incur what this fictitious character called Frank would have incurred? Because we know that happened with a lot of people. You're listening to Truth and Planning, and I'm talking with my co-host, Gary Anderson, financial advisor, about the four D's of retirement investments. And Gary, the ability to lose at the worst time, mm-hmm. as they say, is Murphy's Law. Yeah. It, you're gonna, when, if I'm going to lose it, I'm probably going to lose it at the worst time. And any decline in value, even the slightest, can have a huge impact. On your retirement plan. Well, and this person who we call Frank experienced just that. And that happened many, many, many times over on March the 13th of 2020, March 16th of 2020. A lot of people had that same feeling. Now, fortunately, a majority of the people just didn't bail out of the market. Things happened so fastly and the markets went down so quickly that you almost didn't have a chance to even do anything then. And I know a few people who did but they really would have lost the opportunity. But what we would like to avoid when we plan for retirement is that you don't have that happen to you at such a significant time, Kevin, because you're right. Murphy's Law, the time you need the money the most, it's going to be at its lowest value and for since who knows when. So we've got to be ready when we are planning for retirement, when we're approaching our retirement years and into retirement, that we're investing in a way that we won't be impacted as badly by something that happened similar to something that happened in March of 2020. You've got to be isolated from that when you now are going to need this money sooner rather than later. And this is what a good plan is all about. 
But the four D's that we're talking about today, the first one being diversification. Diversification is something that I think there's a lot of misinformation about. I don't think a lot of people understand true diversification in the way it should work for you or for retirement. That's something I'll probably get into a little bit later to go into more detail with it. But diversification comes in several different forms. The traditional, I will go, I will say this, the traditional diversification that you're used to or that you've seen over the years probably is not the diversification you need to get you through your retirement years uh, investment-wise. This is not your father's diversification. That's right. The old diversification is, it's like your father's Oldsmobile. Well, Oldsmobiles don't exist anymore. Not to say that that retirement account doesn't exist anymore, but it can get pretty hard if you diversify in the way that you traditionally thought good diversification was. So I'll get into a little bit more of that in my next segment, but it's something that we need to really talk about. And the four D's will address all of the different things that we can do in retirement investment-wise to make sure that we're going to have enough money both now and through our retirement years and beyond that. And this is what we want to do. Gary, how can our listeners reach out to you to have that conversation about good Kevin, diversification? They can, they can reach us at, at Anderson Advisors, 888-371-2847. Coming up next on Truth and Planning, we're going to talk about the keys to asset protection. The keys to asset protection. I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. And I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. Recently, I've heard a lot of commercials about estate planning, the right type of estate planning, uh, potentially the wrong type of estate planning. We hear about trust, both revocable trust and irrevocable trust. We kind of get differing information on that, Kevin. And I know to anyone out there who is listening to these commercials, uh, they may be getting confused about the type of planning they potentially should even be doing. So I think it'd be a good idea to just give us an idea of what it is that you do, the type of planning you do, and why you do it, how that benefits people. Gary, I've heard the same ads, and uh, I will tell you the keys to asset protection and one of the ads actually centers in and talks about using trust for asset protection and specifically revocable trust gary i will tell you straight out the key to asset protection does not involve any type of trust the key to asset protection is focusing on two things, and that's what we're going to talk about in these segments, the two keys, two things that are the keys to asset protection. Nationwide, but including specifically here in the state of Georgia. And I'm even going to be even more narrow. I'm going to narrow it down even further. When it comes to asset protection, quite frankly, there are a lot of things that most of us are not going to need to worry about when it comes to asset protection. 
most people are not likely to get sued in a lawsuit. And if they are involved in any sort of civil lawsuit, it's usually involving an automobile accident, and that's why they have insurance, and that's why their insurance often hires an attorney if somebody sues them in relation to that automobile accident. But very few people even get to that level. Very few people file bankruptcy. Another thing we could we need asset protection from. Mm-hmm. A lot of people may get a divorce. That's something that you could concern yourself about when it comes to asset protection. But for the most part, for the average person, for the average person listening to this radio show or listening to ads on the radio, the biggest asset protection risk occur, that can occur to us during our lifetime, and especially as we get older, are the risk of long-term care especially in a nursing home. You've heard the numbers. You've heard me talk about the numbers over the years on this show, about the statistics and the number of people who will go through some level of incapacity, who will go into a nursing home. You've heard me talk about my own personal experiences with both my parents and grandparents and the cost of long-term care nursing home that they faced and how those can be financially devastating costs. You've heard me talk about that there are government benefits out there that can help pay for those long-term care costs. And that's the asset protection I want to talk about. As an elder law attorney, that's my main focus, is helping people protect and prepare when it comes to long-term care expenses, especially if you're in a nursing home. And in this context, without exception, anybody you talk to about this subject, especially if they're an elder law attorney, they cannot get around this legal principle. Tell me what type of assets you own, and I will tell you whether or not they are protected during your lifetime. Because, Gary, if you get this first thing right, Everything else that you're often told to do that follows does not make sense, Mm -hmm. is not good advice. And so it's not the type of trust you choose. That's not what the conversation on asset protection should start with. It should start with what type of asset do you own? Because the type of asset you own determines protection. And folks, your home is the number one protected type of asset you own if you go into a nursing home. While you're living, the nursing home will not force you to sell your home. They were not, will not, are not able to, nor will the government put a lien on your home while you're living, single or married. And if your home has acreage attached to it, that is considered your home place. If you have a a chicken house on your land, that chicken house is protected because it's on your land. If you have rental properties and you're using those for a business 
and those are protected from nursing home Medicaid spend down. Not because they're in a trust or not in a trust, not because they're in an LLC or not in an LLC. When you're talking about protecting things from long-term care expenses, Gary, it is simply focus on the type of asset you own and you will find out. When you come to see me, I'm gonna give you the list of the type of assets that are protected from Medicaid spend down. You can see in black and white. If you are a client of mine, at some point in time, you have that list. I've given you that list. Why? Because we've had this discussion. If you're a client of mine, the discussion I've had, and this is based on, this focus is based on 35 years of experience that has worked. It works for my client. It has worked for my parents. Why would I give people bad advice, my own parents bad advice, if I knew it wasn't going to work? You're listening to Truth in Planning. I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors, and my co-host Kevin Tharp, estate planning and elder law attorney today, is giving us information, talking about the keys to asset protection. And Kevin, people get confused. They get confused by information that seems to conflict but like you say once you've done the planning and I've seen it done many many times with you and clients of mine we know your assets are protected the right way I've seen it work that's all I know then if something doesn't pass the smell test as far as what you may hear on a radio commercial or a radio show or whatever it is that's when people need to ask you they need to ask you what's going on how what does this mean to me mm-hmm. People get second opinions all the time. They hear and they talk to other elder law attorneys. They talk to other advisors. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. But that advice always needs to center around that first thing. If you're talking about asset protection, especially from nursing home, you've got to focus on the type of asset. You know why I focus on that? Because that's exactly what the government focuses on. When you go to apply for Medicaid, they're not going to just ask you, do you have assets? They're going to ask you what type of assets do you own? And if you tell them, oh, I own a home, okay, you're eligible for Medicaid and get to keep ownership of that home. So focus on the type of asset. And you know what else is protected? Retirement accounts, IRAs. People tell me all the time, oh, the nursing home where I was told by this person or this advisor uh, that I have too much money. Well, if all that money is in an IRA, retirement, 401k retirement account, it's fully protected. I've had married couples that have had fifty, sixty, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 in the bank account and their loved one goes into a nursing home and they were told, well, the nursing home says I have too much money in the bank. That elder law attorney that I heard on the radio says I have too much money. Well, if you're married, you can have up to $150,000 in your bank account because it's called the CSRA. So contact me. The best way is through my website, kevintharp.com. There's a lot of information on there that'll sort out this myth. But you'll notice one theme when you talk with me or you go on my website. We focus on the type of asset you own. Diversification, shedding light on a misunderstood concept. That's coming up next on Truth and Planning.
Diversification. What is real diversification? I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. And I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. Gary, diversification, I've always heard, because I've been involved in, in, as an estate planning and elder law attorney. I've been involved with a lot of different financial advisors, and I've always heard, and even uh, you know, in my own financial situation, I've always heard diversification is real important because you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not the same as it was 20, 30 years ago. Well, Kevin, and, and one thing we have to think about as well, what are those eggs in that basket look like? What, what kind of eggs are they? You know, are they quail eggs? Are they mm-hmm. chicken eggs? What, what are they? And so the diversification in and of itself, when it's just something that really doesn't suit your needs or fit what your needs are or where you are right now in your retirement picture, is not diversification that's going to work for you. And I get this a lot of times from people. I get a phone call. We'll set up a, a phone meeting with someone. Somebody comes in the office. They'll tell us that, um, well, the portfolio I've got, maybe it's my 401k now. It's got a 60-40 mix, 60% bonds, 40%, I mean, 40% bond, 60% stocks. And we're moving that over to a point where we maybe have 60% bonds and 40% stocks thinking we're protecting our assets in these 401ks only to find out later that those bonds and this is a pet peeve of mine too these bonds that people buy thinking they are protecting the asset thinking they're protecting their investments because bonds don't lose money is wrong bonds can lose value they do lose value we've seen bonds losing value every day really since this inflation and interest rate thing started We've seen bonds and a lot of poor people's portfolios lose value. Well, what do you mean, Gary? I paid $100 for the bond five years ago. Uh, if I wait till it matures in 10 years, I'll still get my $100 back and I've made interest on it, right? That's true. But the problem is, back to what we were talking about earlier, Murphy's Law. What if you need that money now? What if you don't need the money back 10 years from now? You've got to have the money you have invested in those bonds and potentially the stocks that you have right now. You have a situation. It may just be retirement, but it may be things like long-term care, loss of a spouse. Those bonds that you have, if you have to sell those bonds right now, there's a very good chance that you're going to sell those bonds for a loss because interest rates have gone up since you bought that bond. Now nobody wants your bond paying 2% when they can get maybe 4 or 5 Well, what do you have to do to get rid of it? you got to sell it cheap. you got to sell it at a lower price. So when you do that, you've taken a, a hit on what you've invested in those bonds. So I don't like hearing this argument too much about, well, I've got a good mix in the portfolio because I've got bonds, I've got stocks. It's okay to have bonds but hold those positions in a way that you're, they're more liquid. That's something we do when we plan for retirement and investment investments in retirement. And also, there are other vehicles out there. There are other instruments that allow you to diversify as well. To diversify as well. And your typical broker over the years completely ignores a lot of these other instruments because that's not the way they get paid or not that's not the way they want to get paid so they stick with the old 60 40 stock bond portfolio whatever balance you have there i think 401ks have really perpetuated a lot of this because you look at the choices some 401ks there's 60 40 mutual funds that they can buy into and 50 50 mutual funds and things like that 
But the problem we have is we're not looking at true diversification. We're not we're not look, taking advantage of all the tools that are in our box. So when we tire, when we plan a retirement portfolio, when we invest for retirement, we've got to look at the whole picture. Sometimes it's good just to to set aside certain amounts of your money and things that we know that will produce steady income and steady income throughout your lifetime. You have a pension, you know, that's something that produces steady income, potentially. You have Social Security, that's steady income. Have another part of your portfolio, the way you invest it, that produces this income, but doesn't have this interest rate risk, this risk that you have with bonds that you don't even know about because nobody's ever told you how much risk you're going to have with bonds if you go to sell them before they mature. So we need to cover all this when we set up an investment portfolio for your retirement. Most of the time, that involves using your retirement funds for income. So we want to make sure that we're doing this the right way so you don't incur something bad when interest rates start to go up again and you're stuck with some bond that pays a low interest rate and you can't get rid of it. Or if you do, you got to sell it cheap. We want to get away from that whole concept because it doesn't work the way people think it's going to work. That's why we plan with all of the asset classes involved and just not just stocks and bonds. We want to we want to include all assets in your portfolio if it's necessary. If it's necessary, it depends on you, the individual. It doesn't depend on us as an advisor or stockbroker, whoever else you're dealing with. It, it concerns you, and it has to address what your needs are throughout your retirement. We're talking about diversification and looking at all types of assets in terms of having uh, diversification. Investments are not just stocks and bonds is what I'm hearing you say, Gary, and that's real important uh, because there are other tools out there and available that accomplishes things. It's just like in estate planning. You've heard me tell people over and over again, everybody has been told or it's been ingrained that the only estate planning tool they have at their option is a will. Mm -hmm. Well, there are other estate planning tools that can uh, diversify uh, your estate planning portfolio and accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. That's right. And Kevin, diversification is one of those D's that we were talking about. Another D is defense. Did you know this, Kevin? Defense wins championships. Absolutely. And um, you being a Florida State alum, um, we saw defense work really well for them in their championship game. Absolutely. The ACC championship game. And we thought, that's it. See, defense does win championships. Mm -hmm. Although uh, with Florida State, they, they never got a chance. Oh, that's a whole <laughs> new, the that's a whole new, so, whole new discussion. That was an artificially created situation. Mm -hmm. But defense, when it comes to our investments, is very important, especially when we're retiring or we're getting ready to retire or we're in the retirement years, the way we plan we want to make sure that we do have defense involved with it as well because we don't want you to be affected by the things that happened back in 2020, March of 2020, where markets went down, interest rates went, started going crazy after that. We don't want you to be impacted by those things because you have a good plan in place, you have a good retirement plan, income plan in place, then some of these investments that you have in there need to be there to protect you. That, that game, that, the defense part of the retirement games comes into play. We still want you to make money. 
We still want you to see increases, but let's make sure that your income is addressed throughout your retirement and increases in income. You got to give yourself a pay raise every now and then. And you can do this by planning defensively when it comes to that income that you're creating. And there are ways to do this and there's ways not to do it. And people get really confused on this. And I think it's because we as advisors tend to send out a mixed message a lot of times to people. So we want to plan defensively when it comes to your retirement income. But on the other hand, be offensive when the opportunity presents itself to make more money with the money that you have. All these things actually can be done at the same time, believe Mm -hmm. it or not. Some people say, well, you can't do everything. It's either one or the other. No, it can be both. But it just takes the right balance there to invest that way. Here, we've heard this term a lot in both college football and pro football. The team is playing complementary football. The defense is playing good, and the offense is playing good. So let's get a complementary investment. where Because a lot of times when people think investments, the synonymous word is growth. I got to invest to grow. That's offense and that's good. But sometimes having investments where you have the income coming in to offset those years where you don't have growth. Mm -hmm. So you're going to play complementary investing. And that's what we call diversification. Kevin, and that's a great example right there. Complementary investing, making sure that you do have one part of your portfolio affecting the other in a positive way. That's the main thing. Kevin, people can reach us at Anderson Advisors, 888-371-2847. If you have any questions, we'll be glad to answer them for you. In the next segment, we're going to talk more about the keys to asset protection. That's next on Truth and Planning. The keys to asset protection. I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. And I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. Gary, on the previous segment, you had uh, mentioned that you've been hearing a lot of ads on the radio and you've been hearing things on the uh, Internet and YouTube and different places and even occasionally for some of our mutual clients. And they've talked about asset protection and they're specifically talking about if I get sick and go into nursing home or my loved one does, that that's what my revocable trust does is it protects all of my assets, right? And uh, I know that your uh, response has been the same, and that is that's not what Kevin's ever said. I've been listening to Kevin say this for 20-some-odd years, and I've never heard him tell anybody Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. (laughs) It's not that you don't have asset protection. It's not the type of trust that you choose that gives you asset protection. Gary, there are two thi- or three things that give us asset protection. We touched on it in the last segment, and that's type of asset. Focus on what type of assets you own if you want the peace of mind when it comes to asset protection. And there are certain types of assets that are protected from going into a nursing home, and your home is one of them. And all the assets you have, however they're invested, in retirement accounts, your um, life insurance, your vehicles, your personal effects. If you have business property like rental property or you're using property as a part of a business and your business interest, 
are all the types of assets that are protected. There are certain types of fixed annuities that are protected from what we call nursing home or Medicaid spend down. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you're married, there's a thing called this community spouse resource allowance that protects your assets in a bank account. And that's to protect and provide for the spouse at home. That number goes up every year. When my mother went into the nursing home back in 2000, uh, late 2018, that number was right around 100000 They had about $80,000 in their bank accounts. So how did your mother qualify for Medicaid with $80,000 in the bank account? Because I can tell you what the nursing home told uh, my dad and family. Y'all have too much money in the bank. You're going to have to spend it. You got to spend it all. Got to spend it all. And he didn't. Why? Because his first response was, if I got to spend it all, what about me? I'm still at home. What am I going to do if I can't have any money in my bank account? That's why there are the CSRA. That protects bank accounts if you're married. Now, when dad went into a nursing home, he was single. But you know what? My mother left him $62,000 in a bank account. How did dad qualify for Medicaid with $62,000 in a bank account? Because she left it to him through a trust. When you leave anyone an inheritance through a trust, whether it be a surviving spouse or a child, they're protected. So focus on the type of asset first. And here's the second and most important thing. Because if you get this first thing, if whoever you're talking with is talking about asset protection, Make sure, ask them this question. Well, is my home the type of asset that is protected if I go into a nursing home? If you get any other answer other than yes, your home is protected from Medicaid spend down, if you get any other but you got to also do this, then you're not getting complete advice. It's that straightforward. Once you understand that type of asset determines protection, then the next thing to focus on makes complete sense. Keep ownership. You don't protect your home by giving up ownership because your home is already the type of asset that is protected. And giving up ownership, Gary, is the opposite of asset protection. Giving up ownership includes taking your home and putting it in your children's name. Go ahead and give it to your children. I hear this all the time for people who only have one child. Well, I only got one daughter. She's going to get everything anyway. Might as well go ahead and give it to her now. If you do that, it's not protected anymore, including if you go into a nursing home. You will not be able to qualify for Medicaid if you give up ownership of your home because there is a penalty period. They call it the look back period. Oh, well, I heard that was only five years. Well, when you give up your home, how do you know that within the next five years, you're not going to fall and hit your head and end up in a nursing home? How do you know that the government, anytime between now and next year or the following year, doesn't change the rules and extend the look-back period from five years to ten years? Oh, they have a history of doing that. When I first got into the business, the look-back period was three years. Literally overnight, they changed it to five years. 
And everybody would go, wait, 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 wait. I thought it was a three-year look back. Now it's a five-year look back. In some states, it's even a 10-year look back. Well, and from what I understand, too, there's no, it's not retroactive. I mean, no. It, it, you're, if it's five years now, it's five years. That's right. Not because you started something three or four or five years mm-hmm. ago. It, mm-hmm. If it goes to 10, mm-hmm. you're out of luck. Okay. Well, I, there's maybe a listener out there. Well, Kevin, I set up this trust with you. Do I have to worry about that look back period? No, because it's a revocable trust. Do you know what revocable means? You keep ownership. Gary, the fundamental key to asset protection is not just focusing on the type of asset you have, but focus on keeping ownership. You know what happens when you give up ownership? There's a tax penalty. You could lose property tax benefits. You could lose, like in this county, senior school tax exemptions because you no longer own it. If your property and land is under an agricultural covenant and you give up ownership, boom, it's done. Okay. You got to pay those back taxes. Your kids are going to pay more capital gains taxes if you give them land while you're living as opposed to paying none when you die. Okay. So don't give up ownership. That also includes, Gary, an irrevocable trust. Don't trade what you think is going to be asset protection by putting it into an irrevocable trust and you're going to trade your birthright for a bowl of soup. Because you know what happens when you give up ownership? You don't have access anymore. You can't get to your stuff. And that's the third key to asset protection. Focus on the type of asset. Focus on titling it where you keep ownership. Okay. And focus on where you can always get to your stuff. And focus on access also to make sure that others you trust have access to it to take care of you when you become unable to, like when you're incapacitated. Mm. A revocable trust, Gary, checks off all three of those things. A revocable trust does not change the type of assets you own. When you title your home in a revocable trust, guess what? It's still your home. Therefore, it's still protected. Nothing changes. When you title your home in a revocable trust, you're still the owner. So if you want to sell it, you sell it. It's still your home. It's still protected. And you've not given up ownership. When you title your home and other assets in the name of a revocable trust, others have access to it. Now, Gary, I wish I could tell our listeners that if you've got a million dollars sitting in a bank account, and you put it in a revocable trust, well, that million dollars is protected. And you know why I wish I could do that? Because I'd be independently wealthy. (laughs) People would be lined up out my door. How simple of a solution would that be for everybody? But Gary, I can promise you professionally, that's not how we do that things. We don't tell people stick everything you own in a revocable trust and you'll have asset protection. You have asset protection because we focus on what type of assets you have. Kevin, why don't you give people information because I think a lot of times a little bit of information goes a long way to help people towards the right plan. KevinTharp.com 
Investment advisory services are offered through Anderson Advisors, a registered investment advisory firm. Anderson Advisors is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investments involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Any reference to protection, safety, and lifetime income generally refers to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the strength and paying capabilities of the insurance carrier. This show is intended for informational and educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. You should consult with a financial advisor to help determine the best options for your particular circumstances. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not endorsed by the United States government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions construed herein presented by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable. Completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Gary Anderson nor Anderson Advisors is affiliated with attorney J. Kevin Tharp or any guests on this show. Thank you.